Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ladies and gents, welcome to the worst idea of all time. What are you doing? I'm trying to be Rickard. Rickard, oh, yeah. l- ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, f- the f- worst idea of all time from Denmark. Uh, this is episode numero s- seven. My name's Guy Montgomery. My name is Tim Bat. And we're joined by the delightful Jen Fricker. Yay! <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited. Jen is an amazing comedian from here in Australia. Sydney, Australia. And uh, she's just watched the movie. Jen, yeah. you're a Sex and City fan. Jen, did you love it? Did you have a good time? I had a terrible time. Tell me why. Okay. Well, <laughs> I like... Uh, so yeah, I'm a genuine fan of the TV series. Uh, I watched a bit of the Carrie Diaries, which is like about Carrie's early years in the early 80s. Was it good? York. I it heard was it all was right. good. It was fine. Yeah. And... um, <laughs> Sorry. I'm real sick too. Uh, Don't worry and, about it. Uh, this film just dismantled the beautiful legacy of the Look, TV series. I think is it fair to argue that we that if if you're a true fan of the TV show, you would sort of mentally cull this from that legacy, and you're like, this is just a separate money making entity. It's not part of what I fit, what I loved. <sighs> I don't know because I rewatched the entire series like very recently and I was like fell in love all over again. Yeah. As you do. And then I was like a bit when we sat down this morning, I was like, oh, I, rem- I like this is refreshing my mind. I'm really excited about You're this. Up. You're pumped up. You're positively psyched. excited. Yeah. And then, oh man. Yeah. The noises I made during that. Yeah. I've made those before. There's like a real disappointment in the extreme. It hurts. It hurts. And I was saying this before we were watching it. How like the TV show was great because it was like at the time it was just so like the fashion was so like amazing and whimsical and ostentatious and the characters were so real and so edgy. But then like it just they just held on to it in the most cynical, awful way. So now all the fashion in this film is like too much and too ostentatious and they're like that's what you want you little grubs you want crazy you want crazy hats i got i got gave you crazy hats and then they're like 
oh, you want Samantha to be real, real aggressive and gross? Here you go. This is what you want, you little grubs. Yeah. This Give is us what, your uh, money. This is what you love, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you, want, you want Miranda spouting facts. Here you go, you little <laughs> plebs. Exactly. What do, you, what do you want? Charlotte just being a fucking nuisance yeah. all the time. Coming right up. Yeah. We're just looking at a portrait of four women in their 40s just disintegrating. Yeah. It's awful. It's grim. It's so grim. And it's long. And it's it, cynical it, and it's it hurts on a deep level and it makes me so upset. And it just, like, why would you do this, this amazing, beautiful thing that you spent so long creating? I do it for the money, baby! For the money! You, you um, don't have to be 100% accurate on this because I know your memory's a bit sketchy, but you were telling me before, like, <laughs> the movie almost didn't happen. Like, oh, they had yeah. to really force... The gals to get back together at the end of doing because what happened with the first movie? Were they all on board for that, or did they even um, think that was a bad idea? I think it was like tense, right? But then between the first and second movie, apparently they were like, "Nah, fuck this." Yeah, I like because um, Sarah Jessica Parker got paid way more than everyone else. Yeah, but she was like an executive producer on the first movie, so she yeah. was like, "Well, that's why." But also, executive producer is like more of a like a figurehead but kind yeah, of thing. The, the yeah. other weird thing with this one is obviously none of the none of the cast or crew or anyone had seen the script until the day they started shooting because yeah, yeah. Michael, Michael obviously was in the basement with he was in the basement <laughs> with the studio just so they go, throwing bottles of whiskey the director and cigars was, down oh, the director is Michael but the EPs were throwing bottles of whiskey against it going Michael come out here we need the movie now <laughs> we've booked everything <laughs> and Michael he came out as sort of just red faced ruddied and drunk and going it's not ready it's not ready yeah but they didn't care. Yeah, they went ahead and made it. Mm. And I, th- you know, I do feel like parts of it do feel a bit rushed for mine, a bit forced. <laughs> we did come up with an exciting thread to make the movie oh, immensely more watchable. I, today. I, I had such a bit of time watching it today, um, just because of this thread. As long as it carried through the last hour of the film, it's like there's nothing you can do. There's no life rafts left. The Titanic's going down, mm. and you're going with it. It's mm-hmm. horrible. But um, we kind of reverse engineered this this narrative based on the one. One throwaway line that Big says in the movie where he says the market dropped by 100 points. No, it, started, it starts when he's on, the, he's on the couch reading the newspaper and he's looking at the market and like there's just little graphs. Oh, yeah, but, it's, but that line is the thing that kind of triggered the whole Yeah, but then off. today, like this, is this, this happens earlier in the movie. Yeah. So we'd, we'd noticed that in a previous episode or whatever, but yeah. today, yeah, he's reading the newspaper and the markets aren't going well for Mr. Big. And uh, it turns out he's actually he's made a few shady investments. <laughs> uh, he's got a lot of people knocking on his door for a lot of money. Yeah, and uh, this ship's going down. He yep. got he got caught up in all the shenanigans. The subprime mortgage crisis. That was him. That was him. He was instrumental he... to it. And there's a lot of clues to suggest that we've really stumbled onto a secret narrative, mm. a little B plot that's happening throughout the movie. Like that confusing fact that when he's at his office, there's no computer there. Um, most likely because the Security yeah. and Exchange Commission have gone in and stolen it. Repossessed this They've computer. grabbed it to get evidence, he- and he's now working with them in a plea bargain. So he can't tell anyone that he has to just go to work pretending like he's doing his yeah, job yeah. so mm. that he doesn't rouse suspicion, but he's going to rat on all of them to avoid jail time. He and Carrie get married, even though he's famously never wanted to get married again because you can't testify against your spouse. <laughs> Yes. You know too much. I have to marry you. <laughs> there's other stuff. There's like so he's sort of trying to obviously keep his professional career together, or just try and keep a keep, keep a handle a little on everything. But then also there's obviously the the marriage problems he's facing with Carrie. Uh, like she keeps wanting to go out for meals, and she he doesn't want to explain to her that that, that, that they've spent themselves dry. They're, they're deep in the red. Uh, so he's he's foraging through rubbish bins, bringing back like takeout so noodle boxes that he's he's filled up with everyone else's leftovers. 
it's uh, it certainly makes for a slightly more engaging watch. The it's face surprising that he how long makes. It holds water. Oh yeah, yeah. When she buys him that vintage Rolex, yeah, and you're just reading, what thinking about him, thinking about all the money they don't have, yeah, how that much she spent, <laughs> and then even more when he flips it and sees it's engraved, yeah. and he loses, he's like the resale value is just through the it's floor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another thing that we keep bringing up during watching the movie but we never have talked about is the fact that the crying baby is... Maybe we did talk about it. I don't know. The crying baby that is one of... Charlotte's youngest child. Little, little accessory children. <laughs> accessory children. Well, she, she's got a full-time nanny. She is checked out of any parenting responsibilities and she doesn't have the biological bond of having had them because she adopted them, which I think is a great thing to do. But it's like, well, what the fuck are you up to? She essentially, to, to be fair to Charlotte... She has lived her life getting everything she ever wanted. So it is very difficult for she her. She essentially adopted her children as a conversational point. Yeah. And all she does is complain about having children. It's They're like, a handbag. <laughs> They're yeah. a handbag to her. Mm. It's disgusting. But um, The younger, the the younger act, actor who plays... Crying. Yeah, crying Rose. the whole movie. Very convincingly crying. Real swollen eyes. Yeah, it's like there is something wrong with the kid and Guy and I feel like the most likely thing is the cast and crew are just giving that baby hell yeah. through the mm. shoot, just no, yelling in its yeah. face. The brief was, you can't obviously touch the child. That's illegal. But it is totally legal to yell obscenities and sort of comments <laughs> in the child's face. You're a fucking little asshole. You're, <laughs> you're a piece of shit. You're a talentless hack, baby. <laughs> and uh, obviously babies can't completely absorb the gravity of what was being said, but they can absorb like the emotion. They pick up on vibes. Yeah. Yeah. They do. That's why I think Charlotte's children are going to grow up to be messes. Yeah. she's so tightly wound and tense and stresses out about everything. Kids pick up on that and it, it wreaks havoc with them. Yeah. They become emotionally unstable. Yeah. Those kids, every time she goes into the cupboard, because yeah. she needs to cry. Yeah. Like now they're going to have like a real kind of long-term thing with cupboards. Pantries and maybe it'll be, be like one of them will be like die of like an autoerotic asphyxiation in a kitchen cupboard. <laughs> just like surrounded by smushed half-eaten. Half I want to be yeah, with mother. Just half-baked cupcakes everywhere and a bottle of Valium. And Jesus. <laughs> it's almost like That's a, how this fucking film has made me feel. It's almost like a... Um, so you were writing, fan, you were writing fan fiction for the children of the movie. Just yeah. Then. And then their mother is Sylvia Plath, except without having created anything of value whatsoever. <laughs> 60 rejected cupcakes. Yep. Good God. It's so long. What do you? What did you feel today, Tim? Uh, I really like that big storyline that we had going through. And it's just, it's funny how much it does stack up. You just like, every time you see his face and stuff, you can jam that storyline into his reactions of what's happening. It just makes it more interesting. The thing that, it was little things... Um, that I guess I'd glossed over in previous watches because they came near the end of the film, but the scene where they, um, Samantha flips her shit and starts telling all of the Muslim men to bite her <laughs> when she drops her condoms and is just like basically naked on the streets of Abu Dhabi, a very conservative neighbourhood. When the feminist the message is being shouted away. loudest. Ugh. Yeah, supposedly. And um, the woman who are in there in burkas and then revealed to be wearing a new range Louis Vuitton like couture, just catalogue, all of them. And it's just like the messaging of that is fucking lunacy. It's just <laughs> the cultural imperialism of this movie is disgusting to yeah. me. That 
like it's real pink. like white girl back of cosmo feminism it's yeah. awful and it's just, so bad they don't understand that different cultures could have different but equal values mm. like that doesn't no that's well, not no, a consideration that's, it's like you're that, not american so you're worse than us there's that line where they're looking at the women wearing their um veils and one of them has one over their mouth and the I think Carrie's like it's almost like the men don't want them to speak, <laughs> yeah. and there's this whole kind of vague, half cooked line about how men are really threatened by women with strong voices. But also trying to tie a political message into like Islam and yeah. the problems that it has. Yeah, you know, because a, who's a, better to like pontificate on Islam than four white, incredibly rich women who have not left their hotel yet? This is the issue that James Acaster <laughs> had with the film as well. He was like the messages. That they be- like the conversations they sort of begin to mumble are yeah. somewhat valid, but they the, get the people who are mumbling them are like literally at the bottom of the list of people who should be yeah. starting those com- or having those conversations. Yeah, which is a hard thing to say because then you sound like a fucking piece of shit because you're like, oh, you know, anyone should be able to no because make like, a feminist message. Or a- this is like the problem with. <laughs> modern feminism let's get into it blokes <laughs> yeah there's like a difference between like feminism and intersectional feminism and it's intersectional feminism exactly right intersectional feminism is a like tra- a school of thought which is basically like your feminism does not look the same to every woman in the world right so it is this idea of like cultural imperialism in feminism where like western feminists generally women in America yeah. and... Um, carrying the girls. Carrying the gals. Go to other countries and go, oh, oh poor women. Oh, they, they don't have the same things we do, so they must have poorer lives for yeah. it and they must be oppressed. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like they don't understand like the culture whatsoever. Like yeah. it's just completely from a white imperialist well, that's, that's why they've thrown in that wonderful Miranda character. <laughs> and we've talked myself. about this before as well where she winds up being the most offensive of all of them in the movie because it's her job to spout half-baked facts to try and qualify <laughs> everything for the movie going public and her moronic holiday friends I like she only just stops short of saying what the chief export for Abu Dhabi is it's mm. like she's just opened the first page on a lonely planet guide for, for Abu Dhabi and she's just got reading shit she's got the she's United Arab Emirates wiki page on her Blackberry walking around <laughs> the whole time the script is really bad <laughs> the writing in this movie is yeah, it's so charmless. And that's the other thing about the TV show. Like at least like Carrie's voiceovers in the TV show are really clunky and gross, right? But at least like there was um like they're very distinctive, you know what I mean? It's like, will I ever find love in New York? Because that's or will what, I be forever a single like I don't know, like a single reservation. Supposed to do. They're supposed to give you an insight that you can't see normally yeah. behind the camera. It's like the same thing when Kevin Spacey faces the camera and gives you the little monologue. Yeah, yeah. And the little wink at the camera. Whereas like that trademark of like the TV series, they're like, we'll just have her say it in the same voice. She's, yeah. But we won't I write it. My, like Michael <laughs> didn't get time to write it in the script and so they just got carried to ad lib it <laughs> yeah. like in post audio and all she did was just describe say exactly what what's happening yeah. on the screen. One of them is she says, uh, she's talking to Big on the phone about she wants to lock herself in a room so all she thinks about is writing and her voiceover line is, and all I did think about was writing <laughs> until I got hungry. Cut. To a cafe, <laughs> and then they get, and then she was like, "So I called up the gals and organised a lunch or something like, you know, words to that effect." And it's just like, you, why? Just mm. cut to the lunch, like it's no, so unnecessary. Mm. We bought two hours and twenty six minutes worth of screen time and 
by Joe, we're going to use every do single you know, one of them. Do you know what I also think about when I was watching that film? You know when they're always, you have like TV is like the central thing and then they're watching ads? Yeah. Like all those people, all those brands that were featured in those ads would have played a shit ton. Except to Amnesty have... International, which I still maintain the sound guy. The like audio it... editor at the end shoehorned it in just, just to rescue a piece of his soul <laughs> for working on the food. He's like, yeah, yeah. I will do this one thing for humanity. Yeah. I will put in one second of audio that says the words Amnesty International in an ad break in this otherwise soulless, horrible shit. Okay. Yeah. Look, I feel like we're, we're, we're climbing down a, a very dark well here. It's uh, gone so real grim real quickly. In, in, in an effort to lift spirits and uh, maybe generate a bit of positivity, positive discussion around the film, uh, we have a segment called The Shining Light Gen, uh-huh. in which we all say the one part of the movie, or you know, you might have enjoyed more than one part, but the part that you enjoyed the most. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll get things started. Uh, at the wedding... When Liza Minnelli comes out and that big reveal, that big wonderful reveal that by the end of the movie you can barely fucking remember happened, but you feel like you had a weird, <laughs> a weird sort of really hot fevered dream. Uh, she comes out and there's the two featured extras in the background of the main row. There's Pink Jacket who just spends the whole time acting up a storm. Fucking bloody Jamie Oliver in the kitchen that guy was acting. You know, he's just relentless. Then there's another guy right <laughs> next to no him. No extra left behind. That's right. No extra left behind as you were so wisely posited. <laughs> then there's another guy and when Liza Minnelli comes out sitting next to him, he does like he puts his hands together in a prayer formation and looks up on high like <laughs> thank Jobless. you yeah thank you base god for Liza Minnelli being at this wedding. I just thought it was they a lovely little moment. Life. Yeah, it was good from the extra. I mean, it was a strong offer, and he probably did it in the hopes that maybe someone on the seventh or eighth watch of the film might catch on it. And guess uh, what, buddy? I see you, buddy. I you see you out you. there. He out here. Got it. Okay. Uh, mine is um. Well, it's it's interesting because we've talked about it before, but not in the context of the shining light. But who? Does anyone know the name of the British actor who plays the hotel manager? Oh. He's famous. I, I don't know his name. Apparently uh, he was a famous comedian. Yeah. yeah. He still is a person, I assume. It, it's, we should know. Anyway. Mm. Uh, we don't have to know. So when... Uh, who is it who says... Because he, he says, how was your flight? And uh, Carrie says it was like a magic carpet ride. And he says, how charming. Samantha mm. says it was a mag- like a magic carpet ride. That's right. And he says, how charming. Which we've always thought was thinly veiled like... How That's charmingly in- racist. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like his delivery of that line is incredibly warm. He is a very good hotel manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are coming into his dojo, spitting some pretty questionable shit, and he, it, it doesn't phase him. And you, off a duck's back. Yeah, he's Cause, so because he got he goes on he does it again, doesn't he? When Samantha the rug there's the rugby teams there, and oh, Samantha yeah, says, yeah. "Did they did they bring their balls?" Yeah. And the hotel manager says, "Yes, they yes, will, they have many balls. They have many balls. Just like not entertaining her shitty double entendre. Just <laughs> yeah, like, like and, but he does it with a smile as well. It's not like he's yeah. he's like, yeah, they've got a lot of balls. He is yeah. very, and he's, he's, he's fi- just like, yeah, he's he's firm and he's cordial, but he's firm and fair as well. Because later on, when he's dealing with the bloody sexcapades of Samantha Jones, sexcapades. I haven't heard that word since like." 1998. Jen loves portmanteaus. <laughs> Little known fact about Jen. Yeah, Jen threw up all over herself and us when they said into French on the movie. <laughs> yeah. oh she actually God. started projectile vomiting. Into more like into function. <laughs> and then I threw myself out the window. That's right. And then you climbed back up the stairs with a broken leg yeah. and said, I'm really sorry. I don't so know what sorry. just happened. I really want to make it through to the podcast. What was your shining light, Jen? Um, well, I liked the swans at the wedding. I thought that was really 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Very tasteful but extravagant at the same time. <laughs> uh, oh, I'd really like, actually... As awful as that scene was, I really like the scene where Carrie and the other ladies are judging all the women in a true feminist sense uh, because that's what women do. They judge each other. And uh, and there's like one lady and she's wearing a real nice like embroidered veil and just having a sick day by herself. Yeah. That's the best. Just like – and she's really feeling herself. Like she's just like – I got real nice like sunglasses on. She's at the pool. And I'm having I'm at my pool. I've got a drink and I'm just talking to my friend on the phone and no one's gonna like fuck with my day, right? And these dumb bitches across the <laughs> pool are just like, <laughs> I love this. oh, she's having a terrible time. <laughs> oh, look at her, and she's like having the sickest day ever. Yeah, man, oh, man. it's a wonderful shining light. That's yeah. the outdoor equivalent of going to a movie by yourself, which yeah. I love to do. Me too. People are so judgy about they that. It's are. like, um, I don't have to do anything. I just sit here. I don't have to talk to anyone. And just like take it, just drink it in. Yeah, and I drink by myself at the cinema. That's so good. Do you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I drink a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's fun. I'm having a really good time. I'm, I'm just doing a liter of Jim Beam. <laughs> yeah. off like two, three bottles of red wine. Just watching a movie by myself. Just having a think about out. it. Because I'm a strong, just independent person. I'm feeling I... myself. <laughs> yeah, just feeling myself up in the cinema. Do you know you're masturbating in movies now? Is that... It's like... It's like a peep show. It's not a cinema. cinema. <laughs> I know it's cool. The tickets are like two bucks. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you can go in whenever you want. It's twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. It's bring awesome. your own, There's uh, always Clorox. a session. That's the best part. Okay, another thing we like to do when we have guests on, uh, Jen, yes. is uh, is a pitch. Mm-hmm. Wherein Tim and I are two very wealthy uh, executive producers looking for a, a movie opportunity, uh-huh. and you have you have penned. Uh, this wonderful sequel to the Sex and the City movie. Okay. So you come into the office and uh, you... you, you I p- just want to say, Guy, you've got a really lovely voice. I don't usually wear headphones when we're recording, but I am today and you oh. sound real good. <laughs> so like all the Australians of the um, festival are just walking around doing Guy Montgomery's voice when he's not around. They should. Yeah. And we just walk into rooms and be like, Guy Montgomery. That is not how I talk. You got that is not how a, I talk. Was it a fighter pilot or something? Yeah, yeah. That was the nicest thing anyone said. Anyway... 
We don't have time for this. We're very busy executive producers. <laughs> We've got a lot of meetings today. Hey, indulge cleared... guy. You've hey. got a wonderful voice. And you're a Look, fighter pilot. Now. Thank you. Mm. I, I know I've got another job as a fighter pilot, but you know, I'm in, I've got my executive producer head on right now. Okay. All right. And uh, we've only got five minutes. We've cleared our schedule. Right. Um, please come into our office and, and tell us about this movie. All right. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me here at your executive partnership firm, um, yeah. Hollywood Showbiz. Do you, do you like uh, our office? Our I love the office. swans that you've got in the corner. Thank Very you. tasteful but extravagant. Do you like the tiger skin on the wall? I like the tiger skin on the wall. You're not I like offended the tiger by it, skin. I mean, I find, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, because it's still alive. Like, that's well, yeah. heinous. That was the decision we made. And I know. I by it. But I applaud your strong decision making skills. Gentlemen. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Gentlemen. Today, I bring you the idea of a lifetime. Have you ever thought, man, movies, not long enough? I, sitting through, I, I'm I sitting have through, had this thought. Yeah. You're thinking, oh, I wish I could be, I could waste a day on a film. <laughs> have you had this thought before, gentlemen? Yeah, absolutely. Of course you have had this thought, right? Yeah. Because I've got a shitty family. Exactly. you got problems at home. Yeah, you hate your family. (laughs) Big time. This guy comes in every morning going on about his family. What if I could tell you four women all over the age of 40, Mm -hmm. one's a bit older than the rest of them, but real mouthy. (laughs) Anyway. The older one's mouthy. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Well, I'm from Brooklyn, (laughs) so this appeals to me. (laughs) You've got a very thick Kiwi accent for a Brooklynite. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I got... you know, I'm Italian. I'm Jewish Italian, but uh, the you got your English lessons from a New Zealand that's recording. That's precisely it. That's where I was. I'm so hungover. Please, please continue. <laughs> it's very unprofessional of you to bring this up in a business Sorry. meeting. Have you heard? Uh, have you heard of the much beloved series Sex in the City? I am familiar with the series. It was truly a groundbreaking TV series of mm. its time, mm. and many people see it as the uh, benchmark for women's voices in popular culture. How about we just dismantle that whole motherfucking thing? Oh, what yeah. exactly are you saying? What do you, what do you I'm mean saying we take, it? we take everything that's charming and beautiful and unique about the TV series, everything that like really meant something to people, and we just burn that fucker down well, in I, Abu Dhabi. Oh, I, I like the very destructive streak that you're bringing yeah. to this pitch. But I what also I'm smell some pretty delicious text avoidance <laughs> by taking it offshore. Exactly. But what Have I'm you wondering... ever been to the mysterious east? No. Do you mean the Orient? The, I full mean... of flying carpets, I assume, and genies <laughs> exactly. stuck in lamps. And loose rubies. Lots of loose jewels, I imagine. Loose jewels. But what I'm worried about is who's going to pay to see this movie. Why, my good friends at the New Middle East... So we're, we're making this movie explicitly for people in the in the Middle East to watch. It's a movie, but it's also an ad, you know? A two and a half hour ad filled with the people you never want to meet. Okay. And and things that you used to love, but you can't anymore because of this film. Are you, is, is everything okay in your home life? I'm, I'm having a bad day, you guys. This tiger just struggling yeah, it's, struggling to it is, hold it on is, to its life in front of me. It is it's really, isn't it? It's really upsetting. We should get it's that really down. It's really grim. I, it's made me feel... Mess, I'm going to let you into why we've got the tiger there. <laughs> yeah. It is to throw people. Yeah. It's a test. Well, thank I you. I mean, and you, you've handled it admirably so far, but it, it is really smelly today. Have I brought this real dark... Like, let's, like, start, like... Are we, a, a scene? Yeah, scene. Scene, scene Okay, the movie gets made. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Was that Great too... Am I, I feel like I was real, like, psyched about seeing this film and then it's really upset me on a fundamental level and I feel like I'm throwing right, a in, lot of, like, you're in the angry, right. You're manic in the right energy space at this. Conversation. And I really feel like I'm sorry because you guys are so uh, lovely and upbeat. Jen? Yes? I've never heard us described as such. Lovely and upbeat? 
You're wearing a yellow shirt. The importance. <laughs> I do what I can. Of of the important component to what we're doing yeah. here at the worst idea of all time industries is truth. <laughs> Whatever you are feeling yeah. needs to come through that microphone. It just means so much to me. This TV series. Yeah. Yeah. I it's upsetting. Like don't you so your heroes always let you down? They I'm not, really do. I'm not like intimately uh, uh, familiar with all the storylines okay. and everything. I didn't watch every episode, can but I'm I, aware of the importance of it as a TV show. Can I tell you like a real truthful thing? Get real with you. Yeah. So like last summer, I had like a bunch of real like messed up like, oh, I just had all these like medical problems and whatever, right? And it meant that I couldn't leave my bed. So I rewatched like all of Sex in the City and my friends would come around and there was an episode where they talk about like soulmates and how like it's hard to find soulmates um, in like men of the opposite sex. And then they come to the men of the opposite sex as we opposed to you. men of the same sex. Don't, don't, anyway. you're good. And so there's an uh, episode where at the end they all go, well, your friends are your soulmates. And it was really meaningful to me because like this whole time I'd just been in my room, but my friends would come over every day and we'd watch this show and it was like a really beautiful thing to be like, oh, like we're not alone and our family are the people that we choose to surround ourselves with and what a beautiful sentiment. And then I watched that fucking film <laughs> and how like, fuck, I'm so upset. This is, so so this is like someone is wrong. This, is, someone this, is, has, bled, this is bigger than. This has hit me so yeah. fundamentally. Mm. I'm really upset. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I'm almost relieved not to be a fan of the show because every week watching this movie would be just burnt, burning ourselves. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was so excited this morning. So you did you watch this movie in the cinema? I did watch it in the cinema. And what did you make of it then? Uh, Were you as upset as you are now? No, because I don't think I had watched as much of Sex and the City. Okay. As Like, I just went, I think I saw it in the cinema because I was like, I have... I have an hour and a half to kill and three bottles of red wine. I'll go to the cinema by myself. <laughs> messy. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, well, you would have been an in. hour late for whichever appointment you had. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I was drinking a lot back then. <laughs> I, was, I, I was hammered and satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I didn't see a lot of the film. <laughs> so a lot of myself. <laughs> Let, let's try and chuck some levity in the... Uh, in the old potty, the <laughs> sip, uh, for our second of two segments, which is called What's he doing? Where's he off to? Hey, yes. First time's a charm. Nailed it. We keep getting the name wrong. You guys did that so well. Thank you. That's awesome. I like that little, I, li- I could like where that little introductory pat is going as well. I can imagine we'll get a good okay. build up on by the. No, we, by could, we could be getting into Episode Schwartz 40. Territory. Yeah, yeah. Eventually. Um, Quickly, just as an aside before we get into the segment, Tim. Posited an absolutely terrifying thing today. What? Which was, what if Patrick Schwarzenegger does something really big and awful, like kills a human being? Yeah. And then we've got his face tattooed on our body. Yeah, because we kind of got the tattoos in a flurry. Did I show you that? I showed you the tattoos yeah. today. Yeah, eh? yeah. We got the tattoos in kind of a flurry of like, oh, we're in Los Angeles and uh, there are no consequences. Go go campaign. What happens in Los Angeles stays in Los oh. Angeles. <laughs> tattoos stay with you. What a lot yeah. of fun we're having. But now it's like Patrick Schwarzenegger's on my body yeah. forever, presumably. If you are listening, Patty, big shout out to yourself. And I hope that you and Miley can work through whatever problems you've created with your party boy lifestyle. <laughs> Us talking about him on a podcast is one thing, but getting the image of someone tattooed to your body is quite another. Yeah. And Patty's he's a loose dude. He's, like, he's he always been be, a bit of a role model figure for you, though. And he he's very young his, as well. Like, there are a lot yeah. of years for yeah. him you've, to fill up with terrible things. You've always looked up to him as a sort of father figure, though, too. Well, he is my father. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Mm. He, it's a very confusing 
thing that we'll discuss in a later podcast. We don't have time to get through yeah. the logistics <laughs> of it now. But the thing about getting your dad tattooed to you is what if he goes on to do bad dad things? Yeah. Not all dads are rad. No, he's a, he could be dads. a bad dad. He could be a sad dad. He could cool be down. a mad dad. Dr. Seuss's. Dr. Seussai. <laughs> Let's do the segment. Uh, Jen, you can front with this one as well. We pointed it out to you, the featured extra in the coffee shop. Yeah. A real joy to watch. A, tr- a pleasure. Um, what what on God's green earth would possess a man to <laughs> neck that much caffeine and go bounding out the door into the day? <sighs> well, I like, okay, so he like has like a huge gulp and then he looks like he's about to go, but then he stops. Then he has a huge gulp again. <laughs> then he looks like he's about to go. Then he stops. Does he read the newspaper at one point? No he just point. grabs no, it. He just has a mug and he's just necking what I assume is black coffee, right? Yeah. I like to think that it's three separate coffees that have been dropped off on his table oh and three God. separate wow. mugs. But this isn't your turn. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> okay. This is gross. Great. I'm interested. <laughs> he's real backed up. Oh. And so he's trying to, he's just all day, he's been on this coffee diet. And it's like DIY laxative. Yeah, and he's waiting for it, like the the time to tick over to one a.m. so he can run to the bathroom. But he's got to ingest like X amount of liters of coffee before he does it. And so, do you think that it's reached critical mass, and this guy's got to <laughs> yeah. get? Yeah. So he's going like, oh, I've got thirty seconds before I can. I'm allowed to take a shit. I've got to drink a liter and a half and of coffee what, in a minute. We imagine there's a pretty explosive situation on our hands <laughs> yeah. here. Leave it to so an Aussie comic <laughs> yeah. to throw a bloody open cigarette at them and then to turn into a bloody poo joke, okay? <laughs> I like it. I think, I think it's plausible. It holds a lot of water for me. I'm a fan. Now, you said you, you said that we were, we were doing... Did you say we had another segment just before? No, no, I just no. said that that's the second of two. Oh, oh, the first yeah, yeah. being the shining yeah. light. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was I was very confused. What, yeah, what? I feel like we're both quite. I'm pretty hungover. You are devastatingly hungover. You I, you halfway <laughs> through last night were convinced you acquired a concussion. I'm still. I had one. Yeah, but then I definitely had a concussion. You advised us all of what the medical treatment should be for your yeah. concussion, which was let you go and drink more. Yeah, because well, my <laughs> rationale being you're not supposed to let people who have a concussion go to sleep, and I was like, the only way I'm going to stay awake is stay partying. <laughs> so I've got to keep pouring liquor down my throat. <laughs> that makes sense to everyone, you're right? A, well, a, we were all very drunk, so I guess it did. You're a national treasure, Tim. <laughs> Thanks, guy. I don't think you believe that, but I'm going to take it. I do. I do believe that. Uh, look, there's one line. I know we've kind of moved on from all being upset about how terribly offensive this movie is. One line in uh, Carrie's voiceover really jarred out to me today, which was uh, when they were in the desert having lunch, uh, she says in voiceover, it's amazing how much food and clothing four butlers can fit into four Maybachs. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute insanity that that can just slip through. Like that the movie is so bloated and like inoffensive that this line can just slip through the cracks. We can... Week out. Yeah. That is a like compliment to their acting skills that they can deliver all these crazy lines. Yeah. And not just like look at the camera with fear in their eyes. I fully agree. And there's some moments where you do get a sense that things are headed that way. Mm. But by and large, they do do a phenomenal job. Yeah. To like um, well, quiet I, that, that awfulness in their soul that they must be feeling while they I don't, are in You know what? It, I honestly, I had this with watching Grown Ups 2 as well. I don't begrudge the actors. No, they're, they're just earning. They're just getting that paper. the The movie that they're doing it through is admittedly not. Well, I, see, with this movie, it's a little bit different because they were these characters have existed for so long, and I feel like the actors um, are so intimately tied to the characters mm. 
Grown Ups 2 is a throwaway franchise. It existed for one movie before the two second movies. one got... Two movies. And there's the yeah. third in the pipes. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> but Sex and the City 2 was like a much critiqued, talked about... Um, do you think that the, do you think the actors should should show more respect to their fan base? Yeah. And, and maybe only work. This on is the thing about this film. Like the first film, I feel like was made for the fans. Like they were like they were tying up loose ends. Yeah, they were like the fans want a movie. We'll give them a movie. We're gonna get the girls back together. We'll get carried away again. And then carried this, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. Been the tagline. I think it was the, the tagline. Movie. Oh. And then the second movie, they were like, well, we made a lot of money off that first movie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do this for ourselves. Uh, it's funny because, so you said we, we're going to make this one for the fans. Yeah. Uh, what, did, what did you say? You were like, do you want this? We'll give you this. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah. You like, like this. You want this? Yeah. We'll fucking give it to you. We'll oh. throw it down your goddamn Oh, you want throats. crazy? You want crazy dresses? Guess what? Everyone's wearing a fucking crazy. Even the women in the black veils, they're wearing crazy dresses underneath. You, <laughs> we live. They're all expensive. Yeah. Everyone is a fashion That's monster. Another, yeah, yeah. Underneath. It's another great bit of voiceover just before they reveal that they're wearing all of those, like, the new range Louis Vuitton or whatever in that tea shop. And Carrie's like, and right there in the... 68,000 miles away in the heart of the Middle East was the most offensive part of our entire <laughs> movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let's let's go. Let's go do something fun, guys. Let's go bowling or what's, something. Yeah, what's a positive thing we can do Let's today? go to the park. You know, like, let's yeah. enjoy it's a beautiful outside. day. Yeah. It's Absolutely. criminal that we're in here. Yeah. That's um, right. Um, if, you, if you are listening, there's still a few opportunities to get along. If you're in Melbourne or have friends in Melbourne to get along to see... Uh, a stand-up comedy show I'm doing with my friend Rose. It's called Rose Metaphone. Go and go, my friends. We're having a lot of fun doing it, and we're losing just as much money as we are having fun, which is a lot. Uh, so get on down if you're into <laughs> it. We've also got Jen. You're doing a show. Oh yeah, I'm doing uh, my show Monster Pussy uh, at 6 p.m. at the Portland Hotel uh, in Melbourne until the end of Melbourne Comedy Festival, and then I'm also taking it to Perth Comedy Festival and Sydney Comedy Festival. So come Bloody hang beauty. out. Hey, what's your Twitter handle, Jen? It's Jen Fricker. It should be bloody Jim Jim Fricker. Am I right? Oh, mate. Thank you. G-E-N-F-R-I-C-K-E-R. Because I think a lot of people are going to follow you off the back of this. (laughs) Because I just expressed, loudly expressed my hatred for this film. Professor Social Media over there. But you, uh, yeah. (laughs) I decree that you you shall have many new followers. But you utilized it so well. I like got, someone bought me... 7,000 fo- Twitter followers yeah, the what? other night. They bought you that. Like yeah. It was, it was just, funny watching your phone explode. Yeah, we were just having a drink at the bar and then my flo- phone blew up. So like bots. Yeah, Is and I like don't know who did it. Yeah, someone, yeah pranked it. someone pranked me and I don't know who it was. That's very funny. Yeah. If you're out there, you're a funny motherfucker. You're a hero. <laughs> it's always funniest when you know people have spent a bit of money just, just yeah, for the Yeah, that would have cost someone 15 bucks, I reckon. That's hilarious. Yeah. All, All right. right, well, on that uh, lovely... Note of levity and positivity and jovial japery. (laughs) We shall leave. Don't watch the movie. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jen. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.